Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. <laughs> Bonjour. Oh, my goodness. What a time it is. Mm. There's a lot of pain out there in the world. People are really feeling the intensity of density, as I like to say. So let's rise up above that vibration of density. Let's lighten up, enlighten up, and let's begin with a prayer. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and I love to pray because I know the power of prayer. The power of prayer has changed my life. Truly, there's no question of that. Hmm. Prayer is the medium of miracles. Of course, the miracles tells us, Jesus tells us this right in the beginning of the Course. So, let's activate those miracles right now. We place our hand on our heart, and we are truly grateful, truly thankful to be truly helpful. That our prayers are a healing balm in a fitful world. More than a balm, they are a healing activation, miracle activation. So we are grateful and thankful to call forth the healing in our hearts and our minds and to share the benefits with everyone. We're partnered up with that higher Holy Spirit self, and we are grateful and thankful to allow ourselves to fully recognize the peace of God, the joy of God, the freedom of God. So grateful and so thankful that our mind is the mind of God now and forever. We are consciously making an offering of everything that is the root cause of our pain and suffering. So we're grateful to rise up above the battlefield. Mm. We fly on the wings of the Holy Spirit. We let the healing be, and so it is. Amen. 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 Yes, indeed. So our topic this week is when the pain pushes so hard. What do we do when the pain pushes so hard. In my um, Masterful Living and Finding Freedom programs, my year-long course and my boot camp, I uh, have in our workbooks, we have uh, journal workbooks that people use to do this inner work. And I have a section entitled, What to Do in Case of Meltdown. And it's very helpful to have a list of things to do that work when there's uh, incredible pain and mental suffering. And just so you don't feel like you're stupid or foolish or crazy, uh, we all forget when we're, not all of us, but many of us forget when we are overwhelmed by the pain in our mind. The pain is in our mind because we're believing things that aren't true. That's what causes the pain. That's what causes the fear. That's what causes the hurt, the sadness, all the upsets that there are. It's when we believe things that aren't true. So when the pain is pushing so hard, it's because we are deeply immersed in believing something that's not true. 
So at the very end of chapter 19, there is a section. uh, It's section four, and it is entitled, so appropriately, The Obstacles to Peace. The Obstacles to Peace. So that's chapter 19, section four. And it's right at the end of chapter 19, where in paragraph 20, Jesus says to us, The crucified give pain because they are in pain. But the redeemed give joy because they have been healed of pain. Everyone gives as he receives but he must choose what it will be that he receives. And he will recognize his choice by what he gives and what is given him. Nor is it given anything in hell or heaven to interfere with his decision. So we decide what we'll receive. Will we receive the peace of God or will we focus on being crucified? The crucified give pain because they are in pain. So when Spirit gave me this topic, I thought of uh, one of the most difficult times of my life. Uh, I don't know if it was the most difficult time. No, I don't think it was. Um, But I... It was it was not not fun. However, <laughs> during this time, what I did, <laughs> and we could say it precipitated the worst one of the worst times of my life. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. It doesn't even matter to me at this point. However, I made the decision. At the beginning of the year, it was many years ago, many years ago, uh, like 15, something like that years ago, I made the decision that I was going to focus on being wholly loving, completely loving. So I set an intention for the year, and I had been doing that for many years, and my intention that year was to really focus on love. And it wasn't the first time that I had done that, but I, I had decided that this year, this it was going to be all important, all my focus on being loving, being kind, generous of heart, loving. And so I experienced what looked like, we could call it, crucifixion from friends, spiritual community, sweetheart, family, that's what it looks like through the eyes of the one who's looking to feel crucified. Now, having studied A Course in Miracles, I recognize that crucifixion is in the eye of the beholder, that if I feel betrayed and crucified, I need to look within Because maybe there's something else going on and I could look at it a different way. And I have. So let's just say uh, the details aren't important. And because there are other people involved, I'm not going to uh, say details just because blah, blah. Don't feel like incriminating anybody because every single one of them has been a blessing to me, even though at the time it felt like the poo hit the fan. So I could say in what felt like an intense betrayal of a friend, I got to recognize that this friend that I was interested in having a a business partnership with someone I dearly loved and cared about, had been friends with for years, I realized, oh, this person is not really truly my friend because they've done something that is, to me, out of integrity, 
less than loving, less than kind. So in that moment, I had two things to contend with. One was that there was a, we could call it an injury of sorts, uh, that uh, seemed to be perpetrated by my friend. And then there was a second thing, which really was the loss of my friend, because I didn't wish to be friends with this person anymore after what they did. Not that they did it to me, but they made a choice that was against my interests and for theirs when they didn't have to. So anyway, be that as it may, as my grandmother used to say, I can see now that spirit was leading me away from that person because they weren't a true friend and not someone for me to go into business with or even to spend any more time with. So many of our relationships are for, as they say, a season or a reason. And sometimes friendships are for a season. And even if that season is many years, Sometimes people make choices that reveal a lot. And so my friend made a choice that revealed a lot. And it was several choices, actually, that revealed a lot. And what that did was it basically took that friend out of my life in order to save me more pain and suffering. At the time, it felt like a wound and a loss. But once I was willing to see that everything works together for good and there are no exceptions, then I was able to see, aha, this is a help to me. This is not a hindrance. This is a help to me. And I can claim it as that. So there's that opportunity. I've finally come to see that there are many situations in my life where it seems like something was taken away from me, like it talks about in the development of trust section in Chapter 4 of the Manual for Teachers. And now I can see that actually Spirit was helping me by removing that person or that situation or even that opportunity from me at the time, it might have felt like a loss. These days when that happens, I absolutely know that everything is working together for my good. There is no loss. There is only something good unfolding, some blessing that is being revealed. But if I view it as a loss, right, and then it feels so, so painful because I view it as a loss, I am the one who is making myself miserable, seeing it as a loss. And that's what was happening to me at that time. I had made that decision to dedicate my whole year, my life, my attention to making loving choices and being loving. And yet, here I was choosing to see things as a loss to me choosing to see things as a betrayal to me rather than a benefit to me. And so I felt deeply wounded by the betrayals uh, from all these different areas of my life. And it took a while for me to recognize, oh, these are all actually a clearing, a clearing I need to shift these things, these relationships. I need to shift my attention, and I did. Over the course of that year where there seemed to be all these betrayals and I had made this dedication to love, what transpired was I felt like all the things that were occurring, it it, it was as though... 
I was being roasted alive in a certain way. And <laughs> it was uh, painful. It was really deeply painful. And I really did come to see that pain is a wrong perspective. So I was looking at things as though they were a loss rather than a benefit to me. But let's face it, if you have a false friend, if you have a friend or a lover or a business partner or a job or any of these things where you're not truly valued, where people will turn on you uh, at a moment's notice, where they, let's say you have a, a, a lover that would happily um, sleep with your best friend, or you have a, a best friend that would happily sleep with your lover, uh, and you, or you have um, a, a family member that would, I'm just making stuff up here, a family member that would um, steal from you. Uh, if you have colleagues that would publish your material and put their name on it, if you've, if you've got these kinds of things going on in your life and it comes to light that this is what's going on is that a horrible thing or is it spirit helping you to see what's valuable and what's not valuable I came to see that this relationship with my friend was not valuable to me anymore because this was not the kind of friend I needed you know, it's like with friends like that who needs enemies. And <laughs> and the same with my sweetheart, the same with my spiritual community. There were all these different situations, a workplace, all these things that fell apart for my good, for my good. Yes. I'm just going to mention, if you hear my puppy Bodhi playing in the background, she's barking. She's barking at this toy she has. <laughs> she's barking because she's having fun with it. <laughs> and um, anyway, I <laughs> just wanted you to know if you do hear her barking in the background, because I do hear her occasionally. So she's having a really good time. <laughs> it's the only time she barks is when she's really um, kind of, Hepped up having fun. So, uh, th- this it takes great willingness to be able to see the truth in these situations. And that willingness will provide the pain relief. So, our willingness is all that's required for us to wake up. Now, there are times when we are looking at these situations. And I remember having uh, at least one where I couldn't sleep the whole night long because I was, I felt so betrayed, so wounded, so hurt. It, in that time period, it seemed like the things that were upsetting to me were extreme. My mother's terminal cancer diagnosis came during that time. That was extreme. We were told she had a few months to live. That's extreme. And uh, there were other things that were extreme. Where it felt like I was, I had swallowed burning coals. And uh, couldn't rest, couldn't sleep. Fitful. And in that, those fitful nights, the burning, churning, unpleasantness, when the pain was pushing so, so, so hard, I did the only thing I knew how to do or what to do in these kinds of circumstances my spiritual practice, prayer. So I felt like I was churning on a spit, being roasted alive from the inside, really. I wanted no part of my own thoughts. 
I could not seem to keep my mind away from painful thoughts. And so what I would do is I would just start praying to change the subject of my mind, to change the topic of my mind. And so praying and praying and praying, praying for myself and praying for the people that I felt had hurt me so intensely, who had disregarded me so intensely. And what that did for me is it was like sandpaper. Imagine, or don't imagine, but just consider the possibility of rubbing your skin, your most sensitive skin with sandpaper to try and smooth it out. That would be horrible, right? And you'd start bleeding and it would be awful. So painful. It kind of felt like that. It was so painful. However, what it was doing was it was sanding away my thought, the prayers were sanding away the painful thoughts. So painful thought and then I'd pray. Painful thought, and then I pray continuously, over and over again. Or it might be painful thought, 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 prayer, 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 kind of like that. So the prayers were not only eliminating the painful thoughts, counteracting them, they were healing all the effects of the sandpaper. So the painful thoughts, in a sense, were like sandpaper. Were I, was I going to buy into this insanity, this intensity and density? Was I going to make it all so, so real? It sure seemed real. Mom has cancer diagnosis, terminal cancer, few months to live. That seems very, very real. Am I going to... By it, that she's uh, um, just a human in a body? Am I going to see her eternality? Am I going to know that everything works together for good, even this? What will I choose? Will I choose to serve God with my thoughts or serve the ego with my thoughts? What will I choose? So when the pain pushes so hard... It is not a bad thing. It is like when someone has a festering wound, like a boil or something like that, where it's just, it's infected, it's nasty, and it's getting into the system. You don't want to just pretend it's not happening. And you also won't get any benefit from just looking at it going, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, it's horrible, it's horrible, it's horrible. That's not going to help either. But what will help is treatment. So if there's an infection, the answer is to apply something that kills bacteria and infection. And that's what prayer does to the ego-identified mind. It is the medium of miracles, as A Course in Miracles says. So we don't have to even know what to pray for. We pray to release our ego identification. So remember, the, the quote that I gave you from... The just right before the end of chapter 19, the crucified give pain because they are in pain. That was the temptation to give pain to the people who seemed to be betraying me. I saw there was a huge attraction to that, to punish them, to blame them, to condemn them. And I won't say that I didn't fall into that mindset, 
a hundred times a day, but every time I did, that's when the pain became too much. It became unbearable. And so when the pain became too much, when it became unbearable, that's when I said, time to pray. And so I learned to move into that place of prayer without ceasing. More and more, my mind was focused on, I only think the thoughts I think with God. I'm only interested in choosing love. Love is all that matters. Love is all that there is. Whatever is happening here that looks like betrayal, all things work together for good, including this. And that's what I know. That's what I accept. That's what I choose. I will not see it any other way. That's what I learned to do when the pain pushes so hard, so, so hard. Oh, my goodness. And now a lot of people are experiencing that. It might be fear. Uh, it, it could be terror. It could be despair. It could be suicidal thoughts. Many people are having su- suicidal thoughts right now. And right now, the part of us that's identified with the ego does need to be called back to our true identity. doesn't need to die, but really to truly live. And on that note, I'm going to take a break. <laughs> I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio. We're living the love. We're walking the talk, baby. And I will be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. Thank you for rejoining me. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and this week we're talking about when the pain pushes so hard. And right before I get into that, I would just like to mention that I have a couple of things coming up, programs coming up. Two of my favorites. Uh, One is my Stop Playing Small Retreat. It starts September 10th. It's totally online. All the details are at jenniferhadley.com. And if you register now, you will get $500 off my Finding Freedom from Fear Boot Camp, which is in October. Many people have found the combination of these two to be profoundly life-changing healing and massive pain relief on all levels, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. So I am inviting you to just take a look at jenniferhadley.com. Do the Stop Playing Small Retreat, the Finding Freedom from Fear Boot Camp, both of which you do online with me. Are they right for you right now? A lot of people are feeling like they're not going anywhere September, October. So if you're going to be home and or you have the time, now is the time for us to do this work together. It's extraordinary. The people who did this combination earlier this year are so, so grateful. So they tell me. And it's beautiful what we can accomplish. It's miraculous what we can accomplish when we join together. And what I love about it, too, is we can have a lot of fun. We really can have a lot of fun. I'm I'm doing more online in last year and this year than I've ever done before because this is a great time for us to focus on our inner work. And we do not have to live in pain and suffering. Suffering is completely optional. We just need to know what are the spiritual practices that transform the painful thinking so that we can live in peace, in harmony. And what's more, we can live in joy and happiness, true freedom. 
So if you're interested in doing this work with me, if you're interested in doing more than just listening to this podcast, please check it out. And I will love the opportunity to work with you. So let's do it. (laughs) All right. Now, speaking about when the pain pushes so hard, the tendency is to either become proactive and start doing things to shift what's going on in the world. Because we naturally, in a sense, when we're ego identified, we naturally begin to look at whatever's going on and say, this is the cause of my pain and suffering. My mother's cancer diagnosis is the cause of my pain and suffering. My friend's betrayal, my spiritual community's betrayal, my lover's betrayal, these are the things that are the cause of my pain and suffering. Right? That's the old way of looking at it. That's the ego way of looking at it. And as long as we look at it that way, we're either going to collapse into self-medication, denial, distraction, looking for a new lover, looking for a new friend, looking for a new spiritual community, running away from from what is the root cause of it. Or we're going to turn to drugs, alcohol, food, creativity even, anything to distract us from what we're thinking and what we're feeling. That's normal. Or the thing is to get that friend, that lover, that spiritual leader, those people that seem to have betrayed us and to... Give them what for. Have it tell them, hey, this is what you did wrong. This is how you hurt me. This is how you betrayed me. You should feel bad. You should feel guilty. You did a bad thing. You did a wrong thing. And to beat them up in some way so that we can feel justified, vindicated, triumphant, uh, restored. But none of that actually helps or works. And with my mother and the cancer diagnosis, I could have gone on this thing of how to find the thing to heal her cancer, right? That that would be the answer. All of these options are what most people do. However, when the pain pushes so hard that our mind is screaming, our body is screaming. Our emotional body is screaming. We're writhing. Maybe not literally physically writhing, but internally we're on fire and writhing in pain. The only thing that can cure and provide permanent relief is going to be working at the level of the mind, turning it over to the higher Holy Spirit self. When we're immersed in that emotional, mental, physical pain, it is hard to imagine. When we're consumed with suffering, it is very difficult to say, wait a minute, what if my thoughts are responsible for all of this? What if this is what I needed in order to propel me to shift out of my stinking thinking? What if I needed to feel like I was a building on fire burning to the ground, exploding internally in order to finally say, enough is enough. I am going to go the other way. What if? People rarely do that. They rarely do that. They feel so overwhelmed that it they just go into managing and coping or settling in some way. That's what the majority of people do. But there are some who are willing to do the work that I do in my programs, which is to do really deep, intense, 
self-forgiveness work and to really learn how to use prayer as a medium of miracles, true, miraculous healing. I hear over and over and over again from people in my programs how grateful they are for these programs and how they're run and how they're offered. And let me just say, I I feel like Spirit has given me all the things that we do at the Power of Love Ministry and that there is a confluence of things that Spirit understands how it all works together for our healing. And my job is to follow and do what I'm told. So I'm a follower. (laughs) It may look like I'm a leader, but I'm actually a follower. And that's why I feel so grateful that I found ways that work, that we can work at the level of the mind. And it is extremely challenging to do by ourselves because without a lot of support, we have a tendency to give up. You know, it's like the person who says, I'll diet tomorrow. I've done that a gazillion times. I'll exercise tomorrow. I'll diet tomorrow. I'll write that thing tomorrow. I'll make that call tomorrow. I'll do pay that bill tomorrow. Whatever it is, I'll clean that thing tomorrow. I'll organize that. We just want to put things off because part of us feels like, why bother? Why bother? It's not important. It's not valuable. But being rigorous in our heart and mind today is so valuable because it brings instantaneous relief. And it builds. It builds instead of like a burning fire, like the ego burning fire from within, where you feel like you're being scorched from within. Instead of that, it feels like a a curative fire, a cooling fire, uh, not a pacifying fire, but a restorative, nourishing kind of a fire. And if we do the work today, we will feel the results today. So many people tell me, I didn't know what to do, so I just did what you told me to do, and it worked. <laughs> I'm like, yes, now you know. Now that you know it actually works, you will not let yourself fall into that hole again. Or it's less likely that you will fall into that hole again. You've got a little perch now, like a a mountain climber or a rock climber. You've got a little perch that you can hold on to. And if you hold on to it, you will be able to climb that mountain because it is a miracle that you are holding on to. That's what that perch is. It's a miracle in your mind. Now you know you can be miracle-minded. It will work for you, that the Holy Spirit will work for you, that the whole of the universe is working for you, and the dawn is happening in your mind. So when the pain is pushing so, so hard, and you, you just want to explode or implode or kill yourself or somebody else it feels so intense reaching up for that holy spirit being willing to be miracle minded being willing to say every thought that i'm thinking is garbage it's trash holy spirit take all the trash out of my mind so i never engage with it again And please do the same for every other being on this planet. Let all the garbage thoughts be removed now forever. And they can be if we're willing. If we have thoughts that we really are interested in, the Holy Spirit cannot lift them off us without our willingness 
that's the whole thing about this human experience, that we're responsible for what we see and what we feel. We are not going to see things that we don't wish to see. That sounds crazy, I know, but how many of us secretly like to have an enemy? How many of us seem to like to have somebody to hate? And if we can find somebody to hate that's on the television, but not in our family, not at our workplace, that can be great for a lot of people. They can focus their hatred, which is really self-hatred, onto that person. Because we are all one. There's no way that we can hate our brother or sister, or blame our brother and sister for our upset and be in our right mind. So the reason why the pain is pushing so hard is it's like a, a pimple ready to pop. It's, uh, it's filled with infection. It's filled with uh, pus that needs to get out in order for the poor to be healthy. Right? That's what's happening with that pimple is that pore has become infected. You don't want to repress the infection, right? And you also don't want to make it bigger or justify it in some way. What would you like? You'd like it to be healed and gone. What I've learned for myself is that the thoughts that I have that are causing the intense pain... And the underlying beliefs, it's, I don't really understand it. I mean, I might get a little bit of understanding, but here's one of the things that happens. I see this all the time. The inclination of the ego-identified person, because this was me for a very long time, not that I'm not still ego-identified uh, in a lot of ways, because I am, and I, I recognize that. Uh, and I'm, <laughs> I'm not ashamed of being where I am on my spiritual journey. It's perfect. I'm willing to accept the perfection of it, even though um, I was going to say I might wish it to be different. But right now, I, I don't feel that way. I feel I'm in a perfect place. Things are unfolding perfectly. There's a wisdom beyond my ken that is being revealed. And I'm happy with the way it's going. Because I feel led, guided, directed, and protected. So I do not wish to be in charge. I do not wish to analyze it. Because here's the thing. If I, because I, I used to do this all the time. If I'm looking in my mind for what is the cause, past life things, childhood things, all kinds of stuff like that. There's a very strong possibility that I could latch on to something from my past that's related to the core belief that is the cause of my suffering and re-energize it and make it more valid. And I used to do that. And that's how I know that this is not a good tack for me. The best tack for me is to hand it up to the Holy Spirit for healing and then to use the sailing metaphor of tacking. Let me then set a course for perfect love and wholeness and the Holy Spirit will guide me there. I don't have to figure out how to get there because I don't know how to get there. It's better if I don't figure out how to get there. Yes, there are things for me to let go of, but I don't have to figure out what they are. None of that is necessary for me to do. So let me move out of pain. 
That's my job, is to be willing to partner up with the Holy Spirit and let go of the root causes of pain, not to figure out what the root causes of pain are. Do we have to know any more than the root causes of pain are the belief in separation? What more do I need to know? Because if I say, oh, the root causes of pain were 10 lifetimes ago, I was an abandoned child who starved to death. Well, 10 lifetimes ago, as an abandoned child who starved to death, I probably made decisions about life, about love, about parents, about myself that are now coming up for healing. So what difference does it make how I made those decisions? It really, to me, I've come to recognize it doesn't matter. Doing that analysis is an ego activity. A Course in Miracles says the ego analyzes. But the spirit knows. The spirit actually knows. Uh, and, and what the quote is, it's actually from chapter 11, section 5, paragraph 13. The ego analyzes, the Holy Spirit accepts. The appreciation of wholeness comes only through acceptance. For to analyze means to break down or to separate out. The attempt to understand totality by breaking it down is clearly the characteristically contradictory approach of the ego to everything. The ego believes that power, understanding, and truth lie in separation, and to establish this belief, it must attack. So that's why when this whole crap storm happened in my life, I just kept surrendering and surrendering and surrendering. And my best friend was less than 25. I do not know what anything is for. And that's what I just kept saying. I don't know what anything is for, so let me not pretend that I do. Everything works together for good, and there are no exceptions. I don't have to understand it in order to know that it works for my good. All I have to do is accept. The ego analyzes it, trying to understand it. That's not helpful to me. The Holy Spirit accepts And I am accepting the wisdom of the Holy Spirit into my awareness right here, right now. So if my body needs to break down, if my life needs to break down, if my finances need to break down, if my relationships need to break down, if everything needs to break down in order for me to live in wholeness, in peace, in harmony, in freedom, in joy, then that's what needs to occur. I am going to accept that what is occurring is for my good. And I am going to let the Holy Spirit direct me. I'm not interested in having any judgments or opinions about anything anymore. Now, of course, the very next thought would be some opinion or judgment. But I just kept going back. And going back, and it became the way that I began to polish the gem of my own heart, the gem of wisdom in my own mind. It was not easy. And still things bubble up, but I have to say that since that time, everything has gotten easier. Because now I know that I'm being guided and led. And how do I know that I'm being guided and led? Because I follow. I've been watching this series on Netflix called Manifest. I know a bunch of people have watched it or are watching it. And uh, there's a lot that I don't like about it. But there's also this whole thing of people are being given this guidance. And they're going to follow it or not follow it. If they follow it... It immediately brings them to 
some higher ground, some um, healing, something that usually brings benefit to people and is amazing and miraculous. And so that's my job is to listen to those callings in my own mind and to follow them even when they don't make sense. How do you know the difference between the ego voice and the spirit voice? Spirit's voice is a still, small voice. It is not judgmental. It is not complaining. It is not fearful. It is simple and strong. It is clear. It is small. But it is so mighty that you will hear it even though it's small. It's a beautiful thing. So that's truly what I can tell you works when the pain pushes so, so hard. You might want to listen to this again. And <laughs> also, you know, we, we put up a lot of the episodes of the podcast at YouTube. You can find them there. There's no, no substantial visual, but um, a lot of times you can see the closed captioning there. Um, we have a lot of episodes of the podcast that do have transcripts. Uh, and if you would like to donate to support any of these things, we appreciate it very much because without your donations, we wouldn't be able to do all the things we do at the Power of Love Ministry, including this podcast, because it does cost money to put all these things on. And one simple way to support this podcast, if it's meaningful to you, is to, you can go to jenniferhadley.com and make a tax-deductible donation there. And you can also sign up for the acimtexts.com and set up a recurring monthly com- contribution. And you'll also get uh, inspirational text messages every day. So that's a nice thing. You can do it for just even one dollar one time. So there you go. Yes. Remember that uh, my Stop Playing Small retreat starts September 10th. I encourage you to consider registering. Of course, we have payment plans. And with any of my programs, if we don't have a payment plan that suits you, we will make one. So I've learned that it's so worth it to support anybody who's willing to do this work. Yes, yes, yes. Let's pray. I'm grateful and thankful to partner up with that higher Holy Spirit self to put spirit in charge of our life and our mind. We are grateful to let the pain go and to share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 I love you. Have a great rest of your week. Mwah.